I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, you you were <laughs> you were telling us an interesting story about uh, the goings on at your house. Life in the woods. Life in the woods. In the woods with Phil. In the house with Phil. Well, we're we're used to dealing with dead animals to some extent or the other. Harvesting ducks, squirrels, deer, whatever. But, but this them. was a case of uh, Miss Kay coming there all, oh, you're not going to believe what's happened. I said, <laughs> I said, what happened? She said, the bathroom, back in the bathroom, the ceiling is solid flies. I said, wait. <laughs> Blow flies? The day before, <laughs> nothing on the ceiling. Every once in a blue moon, I, 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 we keep a fly swatter in case we see a fly. We'll track him down and, and, and get him. Oh, yeah. But this was the roof is covered, so I get up. <clears throat> I said, these women. I said, she's, you know, romancing the story. <laughs> so I go back there and I walk in, open the bathroom door, and I look up. There was a sequence of events. Were the flies two, two there? Nights, two nights earlier. Were the flies there, like she said? The flies were there, covered the ceiling. So like I'm a looking, horror movie. I'm, I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking, how did they get in here? Yeah. There were none in the bedroom that's adjacent to the bathroom there. There's a wall. There's my bed where I'm sleeping. There's a wall within, uh, oh, because you know, four feet, four feet. Well, two nights before she saw the flies on the ceiling, I'd say two o'clock in the morning, I heard a bumping sound. It was kind of a bumping sound. And then it would be like a scraping sound <laughs> and a slight moan. <laughs> I thought, so I, I I wake up, it wakes me up. <laughs> you hear this? And it's black in dark in the, in the bedroom. So, <laughs> I, it's turned, not I, I, I reach up and turn the light on, and I'm looking at that wall. I said, I thought maybe it's on the other side of the wall in the bathroom. And I said, no, it's not on the other side of the wall. Well, I had stuff like a couple of boxes there, with them, these these battery-operated drills, red back in there. Somebody, you know, had did some work. They had, That was there, and some hunting clothes. So I began to... To, to separate all the, because it sounded like it was in there with me. Well, I'm going through all this stuff that's parked there. I had weapons parked there. You know, you come in my bedroom at 2 o'clock in the morning, bad mood. <laughs> if you didn't, hey, Phil, it's me. I, I'm one of your sons. You, you identify yourself because you come walking up in there at 2 o'clock in the morning. Bad move on your part because I got a, a, a cachet of... of uh, Weapons. Oh, weaponry. So right. I look at the wall and I hear this sound and it goes on and on. It would be a little interval. It'd stop and then it'd start again. I said, What was it? Scratch, I, well, scratch, moan, and This was bump. two days before the flies were seen. So I'm just giving you the sequence of events. <laughs> I'm starting to put, so put I'm it all together. At the wall and I'm hearing something that sounds like it's either in the wall or on the other side of it. Well, the other side is the bathroom. So I get up, walk around into the bathroom, and I look around. I hear the same sound. I said, something is, some kind of varmint is inside this wall. I said, huh, well, that went on for two nights. 
Well, on the third, the so third day, the third day, we got on. flies. We got flies on Let the sea. Let it ride. So, so I began to try to put it together. I said, "No, I didn't go outside and crawl up under the house." Well, that's what I was wondering. Because I got three dogs there. I said, well, the dogs can go up in there and let me see maybe what, what's up in there. So on about the third day of this event, the flies show up. Well, I started out with a fly swatter, but I found that there were too many flies <laughs> with a fly swatter. So I go in there and somebody gave me one of these little salt field. You put salt in it. That's your yeah, salt rifle. That's your assault rifle, literally. And you cock it, and it blows out a scatter shot with salt. And I, I was having a better, better aim with that. Yeah. I was reducing the flies more quickly with the cock it and take it off safety. Boom! And I'm scatter shooting with salt. Well, they're raining down on the floor. In this case, she's scooping them up, throwing them in the commode, and flushing them. So for one whole day, we fought the flies. You'd kill fifty. And then we go back in there in about an hour. Well, there's 25 more. <laughs> and so I finally said, how are they getting in this bathroom? So you but, were, you're waging war, but you're not winning. I'm not winning. So I look up and I say, okay. I begin to study every opening whereby they could have go come in. There's the air conditioning. Your house is 100 years old. Well, so, so there's an air conditioned vent. I said, but, but they couldn't get in that vent. I said, unless there's a hole in the vent, which I don't think so. I said, so they didn't come out of that. And I said, well, let's see. The lavatory was right next to it's a little bit of barrier there. Then, then the lavatory is right next to the commode. So I'm looking at the lavatory. I said, well, come up through the pipe. I said, that that's they can't do that. This thing runs out there and goes into what the about septic how, tank. What about however the critter got in? Well, so <laughs> I, I quit hearing the moaning and the scratching. Well, that all stopped after yeah. day two. Well, he got so it. whatever it was is now silent. Well, I, what I didn't know during that silent period for a day or two is when the flies showed up. I said, mm. let me see if I can put this together. I think something was in the wall. I don't know what kind of vermin it was, but it died. Yep. Now the flies have blown it, yep. laid eggs on it. There's probably maggots up under this house <laughs> and whatever they killed. And I said, the flies are coming off the maggots. I said, but there's got to be an entry point. So I sat down for about 30 minutes like I'm hunting deer or something, and I'm looking, and I noticed that the pipe that gives the commode fresh water, the pipe that goes all the way out there to, to the city water. We got city water that far down. I look at that little coating on that pipe, and it had a little flange on it, and I saw a fly come out behind that flange, and he... There was a crack in it. I said, I now see how they're coming in here. So I took tape, taped up around that little flange where it hits the wall. Mm -hmm. I taped all that up where they could not get through there. Well, I noticed when I killed the next 30 flies, the the, the recruits didn't show up. <laughs> so I thought, all right, I found the source of how they're getting in here. And everything in the bathroom died. I you, killed everything. You're now the, winning the war on the fly. You cut off the So the day, yeah. a day goes by, and then we were sitting there, Dan, the eunuch, we're and myself. In and, and when they looked up, Dan looks up. And Bobo runs by, jumps up in my chair, and he's, he's kind of perched there. 
Well, I've lost my smell as of a couple of years ago, way before COVID. So get off that. I didn't get, get COVID. But I can't smell you if you if you had rolled in something dead. So the dog is sitting there, and Dan says, that dog smells like something dead. I said, get out of here. So I got him off me, opened the doors. The other two dogs, sneaky and freaky, I ran them all out. I got them out there. I said, get the dawn liquid. So Dan brought the Dawn liquid, and we went outside, captured Bobo, and he had the Dawn liquid in one hand. I had the water hose in the other. I said, dude, you are been visiting the wrong place. <laughs> he had come out from on that house, and he had rolled in something dead. I'm putting all this together. That's what was in the wall. He died. The flies came. I killed the flies. The dog has gone out and rolled in something dead. Now we've got dogs that smell like dead flesh. And I said, now we got to wash all the dogs up. I said, bar the front door so they can't get in. They're going to flap. I said, close the flap off. Dogs are no longer allowed in the house. Well, when Miss K got that news, oh, you don't want to hurt them because they want to come in. I said, hey, honey. I said, somebody got to stay outside, and if they're going to roll in something dead, they can't come in the house. Listen, there's about four or five days there of the biggest mess I ever got into on the plague of the flies. Now, whatever it was, you say, well, why didn't you get on your hands and knees and just crawl back in there under the house? Let me explain something to our audience. We have killed timber rattlesnakes five feet long that have come out from under that house. You just don't go willy-nilly. <laughs> so I said, it's bad enough. Something has died. The flies blew it. I've been fighting them. But I was not going to get up in there and run into something that in a five-foot rattlesnake or whatever, all the diseases that come off something dead. So I stayed I stayed out from under the house. I said, no, I'm not going to get think up it was. I think it was a Mr. Possum. In the bathroom with a lead pipe. <laughs> Whatever kind of vermin it was, I know one thing. He died. The flies blew him. They got in the house. I've killed all the flies. The dogs, the dogs have it. gone and wallowed in the dead, whatever it was. Well, they have gone through extreme cleansing. Well, that's <laughs> biblical. Where there's a dead carcass, there the vultures the will gather. The vultures will gather. Well, I, I now declare Dad. So you city dwellers who never had to fool with this, but I guarantee you. Your house sounds like a house of horrors. I mean, it's snakes underneath it, blow flies in the bathroom. I'm it's just like giving you a about bad, a, like a about demon a three, possessed movie. I'm just giving you about a three-day period, four days, <laughs> but five, maybe. you can't maybe. smell was the best thing. <laughs> That's the best that thing that happen. ever happened to me. I couldn't smell them. Dan could. He said, good, not them dog. Well, the women got home and... Although they could smell them, they said, well, that's not as bad as Dan said. And I said, well, y'all get out there and clean them. So I cleaned Bobo up, me and Dan, for visiting me too early after he, after he ran the, got in the dead thing. But Miss mm -hmm. Kay and her sister are the ones that they got the other two. Dawn, dawn liquid in the hands of Dan. So, Dad, we declare you the Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Now that you have conquered the flies, which he had to, I've ne Zach, I've never heard of having to get bigger weaponry to take on flies have you this is like something to biblical well I, I came in late to the party i thought we were you guys were in the book of exodus or something talking about the flags i didn't know <laughs> yeah. what was going on oh we were in the book of exodus there's no doubt about it no that, doubt. that's the craziest story i've heard in a while that was insane that was pretty good Dad. the things that happen when you're on planet earth you never know
So, Dad, I wanted to mention uh, the the other day I was wearing, you did Jesus. I don't know if Zach, you were on here or not, but it was uh, Jesus as Superman, <clears throat> which was pretty good. And I had my gospel T-shirt on, and I mentioned that the guys at 316 T's uh, did this shirt with the gospel symbols, and they're giving all the proceeds from the sale of this shirt to One Kingdom. So everyone uh, will know. So tell them what tell them what the symbols. So everyone mean. will know. This is our mentor, Bill Smith, came up with these symbols to just visualize the gospel story. When he studied with, when I was studied with, when I was twenty eight, I'm now seventy five. So how far how far back is that? Uh, fifty, uh, almost 50, fifty years. All right, fifty years ago, Bill Smith drew this out on a piece of paper, an arrow coming down out of heaven. That first one. That's God becoming flesh. If you're listening, these are symbols on a T-shirt. We covered that in the book of Matthew. That Gabriel told Mary, you're going to have a child. By the way, your kinfolks over there, Elizabeth, she's six months pregnant right now. And because Mary was saying, what in the world? How's it work? I'm a virgin. So we went through that. Well, that's when God became flesh, and it's an arrow that's coming down out of heaven. Here comes Jesus. He died on the cross for the sins of the world, which we covered in Matthew. He's fixing to really get into it. We are in, in uh, Matthew 16. He's going to tell them, look, I'm going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. But what Jesus is going to tell them, it's now a T-shirt. There's a tomb where they buried Jesus after his death, the cross. There's an arrow coming out of the tomb, the resurrection of the dead, by which it tells all of humanity, if there's ever a way to get out of here, that's the only way we found, ever. We've looked at everything. I've read all the world's religions. You say, anybody come up with a story like this? No. So there's a final era, the return, when he'll bring all the saved, their souls and spirits. He'll bring them with him. There'll be a resurrection of the dead. They'll be reunited with a glorified body and live forever. Smith wrote this down on a piece of paper. Because I was saying, gospel, what, what is that? Gospel music on the radio? You didn't even know what it was. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> well, he drew it out. With those, with those arrows there, and I said, how in the world did I ever miss that? This is when I was 28. I thought, I missed that story somewhere between, mm. you know, when I was a boy from right now. I said, I now get it. I said, let me check this out to make sure you're not lying to me because this sounds too good to be true. Yeah. He said, it probably is too good for us, but it is true. It is. Let's take a break, Dad. So, Zach... Did you know that even an okay credit score can cost you $100,000 over the life of a 30-year loan? Did you know that? Oh, I knew it. I did know that. I knew you would because you've bought a lot of homes. You, you move around a lot. I bought a lot of homes. I watch my credit score. Yeah, you're always watching it. So this is why you should use one of our sponsors called ScoreMaster before you apply for any loan. ScoreMaster can take your credit score from okay to great. And the good yep. news is they do it fast. The average user adds 61 points in 20 days or less. And Lisa and I have used it, and I think we I've bumped up yeah, over 70, which was really good. Uh, even if you just add 61 points to your score, you save thousands of dollars on a home loan. So go to scoremaster.com, and you want to add points to your credit score quickly. Uh, you can maintain and protect your credit score with 24-7 credit monitoring and a $1 million fraud insurance. It only takes minutes mm -hmm. to enroll. So see your points go up when you go to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill to get started today. 
So the, <clears throat> we've been uh, we've been using that those symbols all these years since. And fifty years and, later, and Smith is gone. But uh, we appreciate those guys. It was three sixteen T's. If you want to buy one, and everything goes towards One Kingdom Day, which was this past Sunday. What I love about it is. You know, people are curious about it. So, like, at a, at the southern layer, I had to put in some extra concrete on my driveway. And so we had some people staying there, and they said, hey, you want us to draw the gospel symbols in the driveway in that concrete? And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. So so Beverly did that. And when I got back down there, my neighbor came over. He said, hey, what, what's your what's your hieroglyphics there? That's the way he put it, yeah. in your driveway. I said, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. And then I went through the gospel, you know, and, and so I've done that now with three of my neighbors, which is really interesting because it's curious. It's a curiosity. It's like, what is that? Because you're not sure, you know. you know. I got it on my front porch on the <laughs> slab when they poured the concrete slab. Right. I told little boy, the, the concrete man, I said, I want you to draw me some little hieroglyphics here. And I showed him that and he put it there. There have been people that says, what's what's in marks out there? That's right. I told them and they were like, whoa. Yeah. Some of them like, ooh, I better get out of here, you know. That's <laughs> why when people ask me if they can get a tattoo, because, you know, some people, because in Leviticus or whatever, that was tattoos were tattoos. I just read that, Leviticus 18, it, don't do that. Law yeah. of Moses. Under the law of Moses. Said, said, but don't I do say, so here's what I say. I say, yeah, get one. And then I say, <laughs> do this. And it was the gospel symbol. Yeah. Like, I've seen a few with them. We have. <coughs> well, because I think when oh, people Owens, ask, I think Owens put them on his Yeah, we arm. have three of when, our elders at Whitesbury Road that have those. Steve yeah. Adams got them, too, and somebody else. I think when people ask what it is, it, it's a good conversation. It is. And, you know, you think about it, you know, symbols have been around since the first century, really. Like mm -hmm. you, the fish symbol is still around. That was kind of a, I don't know, when, Zach, do you know when that started? But that was that was very old. The idea of the fish was kind of the way of being able to say that you were a believer to one another. It was kind of a secret, you know, that was a way that they communicated. Between that. the fishermen and the first meal that Jesus ordered was fish, fish played kind of a role. Yeah, and you and you still see it. Like on Dallas Jenkins on The Chosen, they have that whole fish thing at the beginning. And also, of course, the cross itself, which I've always thought was kind of ironic because so many people wear it. But, it, you know, the cross is a, outside of Jesus, is just a very cruel, it'd be like wearing an electric chair around oh. your neck. I mean, it's like it was a terrible yeah. way to, you know, execute people, but it, in and of itself, it means nothing. A but, brutal death that saved the world. Right. <clears throat> and yet now, it's, it's sort of the symbol well, of Christianity. Well, the way he died, even though it was, it was rough, it was who, who died was the more... Right. Who was going through that? I mean, he's innocent, son of God. By the way, these these markers on the T-shirt, uh, when we, we, we're coming up on Matthew 16, from that time on, Jesus asked them who, who they said he was, and Peter said, well, some say you're this one, that one, the other. He said, what about you, Peter? He said, you're the, you're the son of God. Uh, and Jesus said, he said, I'll tell you the truth there, Peter, that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. First time church is mentioned in the book of Matthew, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you, Jesus talking to Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And uh, so it's all laid out from that time on. Jesus began to explain Matthew 16, 21. The prelude is over. Now the point of it all is announced. You must go up to Jerusalem 
suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and leaders of the law, teachers of the law, that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And old Peter went to holler and said, no way that's ever going to happen. And Jesus called one of his disciples, get behind me, Satan. You don't, you don't understand the things of God. That is what the entire Bible is built on. That's exactly right. And the turning point, <clears throat> the prelude to it all is about the kingdom, how you should behave, what's going on here. But the, but the strength of it is just fixing to be announced. And you wouldn't think people would say, hmm. And this is repeated throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so no one can miss it. Right. It's said by four different people the same events. You say, "Why well, keep repeating yourself?" So you can't miss it. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of you out there in Unashamed Nation have asked us about that, and I, I mentioned this uh, a few podcasts back, but I want to mention it now since we're talking about it. Um, we have a book uh, that C Plus Ministries is our five hundred one c three that we started with Ben and Melissa and Mom and Dad. And everything that goes into this is going to go towards helping people understand the gospel. And so we've made these little books available for you. It's called the C Plus Gospel Series. And you can go to cplusministries.org if you want to buy some. Somebody sent me a picture, Dad, <coughs> of um, one of our listeners. They bought a whole box of these. And I think he was a firefighter, but I'm not sure. But he was going to give these out to people he knew. And I was like, he gets it. That's the whole idea yep. is we want not only do we understand what the gospel means to us, but this is the life-saving opportunity for everybody else. And so that's the point of this podcast, and that's ultimately the point of what, why we're here. I mean, yep. say people yep. who... And we're sort of tongue-in-cheek with the C-plus gospel series to, to tell our listeners, look, it's not rocket science. You don't have to be an A-plus. You don't have to know. You don't have to be a brain to, to, to figure this out. Right. It's, it's simple. Yeah. Brutal and profound. But it is simple. Well, I would say, wouldn't you say that's been sort of part of the whole core of what we've been studying, Matthew, is that this is for the masses. This is for everybody to know, not not just the hierarchy of Jew leadership. or Gentile. Jew or Gentile. It's for people who just put their trust in Jesus instead of know the law inside and out and all that, you know. So, so I did a little study because I just noticed in Matthew 11 and 19 where we were last podcast yep. that Jesus said he referred himself as the son of man he said the son of man mm -hmm. came eating and drinking so I was just curious so I did this for you last night to get your thoughts I looked up every place in Matthew where he referred to himself as the son of man so you got in 820 that's when he referred himself as homeless when he when he said the guy said, I'll follow you wherever you go. And he said, I don't have a place to lay. The son of man doesn't have right. a place to lay his head. Uh, in 9-6, he said, this one was, there. there's only six of them, but they're really interesting. He said, but so that you may know, this is the guy that was let down through the roof, yep. that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said, get up, take your mat, and walk. So... He was a healer, the Son of Man, but he also had the power to forgive sins. Mm -hmm. So, so if you're adding these up, you got he's homeless, he's a healer, he forgives sins. He came eating and drinking, which gave him a bad reputation. And so then Matthew sixteen thirteen, when you read that earlier, Phil, 
I thought about that because he's asked Peter, who do you say the son of man is? Yep. And he's like, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, which, which there you, you, you get who Jesus is. He's the son of man and he's the son of God. Correct. So I looked it up just to see. There's about 102 references where he referenced himself as the son of God and there's like 70 where he referenced that should be enough so that you couldn't miss it. Yeah, it's well, the, going the both son ways. Of, the Son of Man. Yeah, the Son of Man references out of Daniel. And if you read, it's a reference back to this messianic prophecy in Daniel. And you read it, and it's not the picture of um, of the lamb petting Jesus. It's a picture of, like, sovereignty and power. And, I mean, it's it's kind of a scary picture that he paints, you know, Um but it is interesting that how he refers to himself as son of God and son of man. That's, I, I don't. Right. I think what he's getting at there, he's saying, I'm the guy. You know the guy in the Old Testament that Daniel prophesied about? That's me. I'm that guy. Well, I'm, always, I'm, I'm, I'm the fulfillment. Well, that, you know, the, the last reference, I, I, I'm going to skip this one because you brought that up. In Matthew 24, 30, he says it many times, and it's this, he's coming in judgment. Yeah, that's and, the uh, whole judgment picture. Of- yeah, but he was referring to himself to the Son of Man, which I think is what Zach's referring to. The one I skipped. Hang was- on, Jess. Let's take a break. So we've got a lot of guns uh, being bought and sold. Ammo's shortage. You know, people are kind of, last couple of years, everybody's kind of thinking, you know, it may just boil down to having to protect yourself. Um, we've had some pretty interesting things that have happened. So one of the things with the holidays coming on that you might want to think about for a great gift item is from uh, one of our sponsors, iTarget Pro. And it's a dry fire practice uh, that you can do in your own home. And you do it through an app on a phone, which is really interesting. So you're allowed to be able to use, you know, learn this better muscle memory without necessarily having to go to the range. And, of course, ammo. Who can find it, right? And the prices are really high. So these guys have a a really good product. It helps sharpen your target reaction speed, your sight alignment, your trigger function, everything. iTarget Pro comes in all major calibers, including two twenty three for your AR. So you want to stay sharp, and you want to be able to to use this app. So go to iTargetPro.com right now. You save 10%, plus you get free shipping with the offer code FILL. That's I, the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com, offer code Phil. The one I skipped was in Matthew 20, 28, which where he said the Son of Man came not came to serve, not to be served, which I think is profound. I mean, when you just put those instances together, okay, he's homeless, but he's also a healer, and he's got the power of give sins he's he comes in power and in judgment but he also came to serve and not to be served uh and the foundation of of who he is is where the church was built yeah so i've always viewed it as the son of man son of god is that he's the bridge you know we use this illustration when you brought up the symbols of the gospel you know, sin separates us from God, separates who? Humanity. Well, here came Jesus representing man and God. Right. That's right. And so do the math. 
that that was God's way to reunite or reconcile. The Bible yeah. uses the word. That's, I've always thought the same thing, Jace. It's, it's his duality that he is God and he is man. Yeah. And because a lot of people miss that, you know, we we didn't get long out of the we didn't get out of the first century before we had a whole group of people. They were believers, some of them, that came up with this notion that he wasn't really a man. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, well, it just couldn't he couldn't have been truly flesh. He, he was almost like he just was, you know, borrowed flesh because flesh is too bad. So they kind of went back to that old Greek thinking. And I think that's why he made such a point about being son of man and son of God. Well, that's Inter- interesting that- point <clears throat> in the book of uh, Hebrews, both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy. Check this out. Are of the same family. Son of man, Jesus is saying, I'm part of humanity. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I'll declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation. I'll sing your praises. And again, I'll put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children, humanity, have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, son of man, so that by his death, with the resurrection that's coming, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. What a, what a text that goes along with what we're looking at in Matthew. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah, outstanding. And I think about that, the <clears throat> Philippians 2 you know, Paul said yep. in verse 5, you know, your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, so he is God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, human nature, so he's both, which makes him so unique. I mean, that the only way you could ever bridge the gap, as Jace put it, is to have God be a man, to then take on sin and die for you. I mean, Al, Al, let's face it. It is the wildest story ever written. It is a <laughs> wild listen story. To, listen to this in Daniel 7 because he ties it directly to this conversation on the kingdom as well. In Daniel seven thirteen, the Son of Man is presented. It says, I, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days, and he was presented before him. And to him, speaking of Jesus here, was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is everlasting. It's an everlasting dominion. He will not pass away. And and the reference here to the kingdom that we belong to, by the way, his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So I think it's also the thing that Son of Man is also a reference to how he's reigning in his kingdom and establishing his kingdom. That was part of, of that of that prophecy in, in Daniel 7. Um, so it's even bigger than just his connection with us as humans. It's also saying he came to establish his kingdom, the one that won't be shaken or destroyed. Which and that was six, about 600 that. years before Jesus showed up in the book of Matthew that we're reading about. It, that was 600 years previously when Daniel was talking, which is pretty amazing, Zach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. And what yeah. was in the context of even when that was said, think about it. 
Israel wasn't even a nation. They were they had been carted off into captivity. Oh yeah, they had not even. So this idea about you know, what about this physical land of Israel? They didn't well, even, when that promise was made. They didn't even have a country. That's right. They were totally you know in captivity. You know, Zach is interesting because we talked a lot about the Daniel connection to the kingdom. Whenever when you wrote the movie Torchbearer, you know that that was at the core really of that whole movie. Was because then we looked at the nations that rose up after, which out of that context, it yep. saw what happened to every single one of them and said, "Look, without God, without Jesus, you, you're going to fail and fall." I mean, the, it's these collapse. United States are going to figure is going oh, to no figure this it. out the hard way. We're, we're keep... figuring it out right now. Yep, the hard way. Well, on the wrong path. Yeah, we'll see. That, yeah, I thought, I thought that was interesting. So, uh, so I guess back. To Jace, where you left off in Matthew 11, uh, 19, which, by the way, in the context of that one, and we talked about it last week, he was saying, you know, you call me because I enjoy food and, and wine, you're calling me a glutton and a drunkard. But he referenced that as being that was the human side of who he was. I mean, you know, his humanity, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because, you know, John came along and he he didn't. He was a Nazareth. He took the Nazarite vow, so he didn't have any of that. And yet Jesus is greater because of who he is, which I, I thought was interesting. Well, I think it's the way it also referred to himself. I mean, I think a key verse in in Matthew 10 was when he gave this his disciples this authority to go and, you know, and to help in this ministry and kind of set the platform for us. But when he said in 32 and 33, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Which, I mean, he made a point to say, you know, this is about what I represent and, and who I am. Right. That, that, that's why I brought that up. I mean, he, it's interesting that he referred himself as the son of man, but then because other people, as they study, they're like, well, over here, he's, he's saying he's the son of God. Right. So, but acknowledging who he is, I mean, because he, he summed up saying there's a God, because that is the big question in the world. Mm-hmm. Is there a God? Right. And here you have Jesus. If you come to us and say, well, what's the big deal with Jesus? We would say, yep, he said there's a God and I'm him. Yeah. Yeah, the Apostle Paul said he's the firstborn to the Colossians there. He's the firstborn, first one like over all creation. Right. I mean, he's God and man at the same time. Right. <clears throat> that's that's a tough one there. Right. And when we you, talked about it before about the whole time mind bender thing because from I God, wouldn't mess with him from God's perspective outside of time, they God always knew what was gonna happen. And Jesus becoming flesh. So from all of our concept of time, God already knew what was going to happen and that Jesus was going to come. That's yeah. why he saw him as the Son of Man, the Son of God. It meant no difference to them because yep. they got it. But Let's- I like that phrase where he said, whoever acknowledges me before men. Yeah, It's one thing to believe. It's another thing to acknowledge who Jesus is in front of people. That's a good, that's a good point. Because you think about, especially me, I did this on my, my little man camp venture this past weekend, I was like, what do we talk about as men? Of course, look, the list was not long because I asked the question, what do we talk about? Football, money, job, women, hunting and fishing. 
that was basically what we came up with. Yeah, am, hobbies, I, right. am I leaving anything no, out? No, hobbies cover that, yeah. <laughs> so I said, I mean, you just think when you get together and there's men, they get, what do they talk about? That's it. That's what they talk about. <laughs> So I, I read this You're verse. You're not giving much credence to the, to male to <laughs> well, maleness, Jay. If you disagree, <laughs> now is your time. And yet, and yet it's true. Let's take another break. So, Dad, you're going to find this hard to believe, but, you know, slow is only right when you're on vacation, you're a sloth, or you're describing QuickBooks, more like slow books. And, you know, when you were running our small business, that your way, redneck way of putting it was – if you're waiting on me, you're hung in reverse. So we want to be able to go forward. We want to be able to go fast. And the problem with QuickBooks is it slows you down with all their manual processes, their integration difficulties, and you got all these glitches that go on. So now's the time to make a switch to NetSuite by Oracle, which is the number one financial system because it gives you visibility and control of your financials. It's everything you need to grow and it's all in one place. So 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility. You want to be able to do this and do it quickly. Right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financial program only for those who switch today. Head to NetSuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, NetSuite.com slash Phil. Right now, they got special financing, NetSuite.com slash Phil. That's NetSuite.com slash Phil, and speed it up. So I, I can't argue with what you're so, saying. So though. I read this. I uh-huh. said, well, when are we going to start talking about Jesus in front of each other? I think it was a pretty good way to start. <laughs> Did it get quiet when he said <laughs> Yeah, <thought? laughs> it got, you heard a pin drop. That's right. Well, so, yeah. I mean, because it, you know, I was using it off that phrase, but I had been studying this By for, the way, for Jace, this podcast. Us discussing, we discussing Jesus Christ, both God and man. Uh, what's what's the downside to that? There's no downside. There's no downside, but it does. But it does put you in a position of humility. I, I love what you said, Jason, about acknowledging Jesus before men. More specifically, to what you said earlier, what what we're acknowledging is that He is divine. Yeah. I was reading yeah. that. I was just reading Daniel seven when it talks about the Ancient of Days, which I think Explain is speaking that of the Father. To people. Explain the Ancient of Days to people who maybe because they probably wondering what that is. Yeah, I think he's talking about like God the Father who is because it yeah. says in Daniel seven that that the Son of Man comes to the to the Ancient of Days and the Ancient of Days gives him this dominion, this authority, this kingdom. Uh, speaking of God the Father, when he, but when it talks about the Ancient of Days, it, it, the, if you read the description, it's, uh, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's uh, his white woolly hair and the fire in his eyes, and it's almost yeah, it, ex- it, it's, it's a father. Yeah, it's the father. I agree. But 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 here's what's interesting: if you read Revelation one, there's a description there that's very similar to what's how the Ancient of Days is described in Daniel seven. And John on the Isle of Patmos, when he when he he see, sees this vision, he says, "I saw someone like the Son of Man." And I find it interesting that he didn't say someone like the Ancient of Days, because that's the description he gives is the Ancient of Days, the Father from from that Daniel seven. But what he, I think what he's claiming there is Jesus in his resurrected state, where he he where the Father. Remember in John seventeen, he said, "Restore." Uh, uh, to me, the glory that I had with you before the world began. Mm-hmm. I think the picture of Jesus 
that we're to see when we hear the Son of Man, it, it is the, the incarnation, but it's also like we're talking about God here. We're not talking about like a sub, like we're not talking about a demigod. We're talking about like the creator of the cosmos. Jesus is the creator of the cosmos. He is the third member of, of or second member of the Trinity. And, and I, I think that's important because we, when we diminish Jesus's divinity, Bill Smith, who you mentioned earlier, would say this: that we diminish his sacrifice, and it's not sufficient. That's right. Yeah. So we have to we have to elevate our view of of this man, this God man that we call Jesus. Yeah, the sword out of his mouth and that description in Revelation. But everyone needs to remember it's warfare. It's war, but it's spiritual warfare. It's not physical. Right. Uh, nations conquering nations. That's not the way the kingdom operates. But yeah. he did he did cause some of that confusion by the way he operated as a human because he it doesn't fit most people's narrative, which is why that's the reason the chosen has been so successful in my opinion. Because I asked him about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Dallas Jenkins, who's the creator of the chosen. I was like, So what you no, know, what how how why is this different? And he's like, Well, most movies about Jesus focus only on him being the son of God, and they don't want to be irreverent to that. So you have this mystic figure who doesn't seem doesn't like seem a very normal human, human being. He right. said, but, you know, we, we're doing a TV series here, and there's a lot in the Bible about him being the son of man. And, and by his own, that's why I read those. It's like half of those were powerful the other half was like he had a bad reputation. He came mm-hmm. eating and drinking. He yeah, was no homeless. Place to stay. Yeah. yeah, it's like so. He's like we just have more time to represent him as a human because he did it. It wasn't like he created. Yeah. When I said he created the show, I mean he really didn't. He just took what he read in the Bible and said, "Oh, he was a human." But his concept but was brilliant because it was like who would see that more than the chosen people around him that lived with him. Day in, day out. That's where they would see Jesus' humanity more than anybody else. But he made the point that he actually has more time to develop that without, to Zach's point, without making him look almost just like not godly because that would be out. I mean, because we know Jesus in him, there was no sin. So whatever reputation Mm -hmm. reference he's talking about in Matthew 11, it was purely from trying to show them that what their idea of law keeping is was not right. I wanted to I wanted to mention something. You, you mentioned about acknowledging before Jesus, uh something I just saw last night and it made me think about it. And I had never been aware of this man before. There's a brother in Christ named Jonathan Isaac that plays for the Orlando Magic. And he first came on my radar screen because back when the NBA season started, he wouldn't kneel for the anthem and, and everybody was kneeling, you know. And so that got my attention. I thought, hmm, well, this old guy, you know, he, and he said, why? He said, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that's disrespectful. I'm not going to do it. Well, I mean, I thought, man, that guy's courageous. So I kind of started looking for him. Well, last night he was on uh, Shannon Bream's show. Let's take a break. And, of course, now he's there. there's a lot of debate going on in the NBA players about whether to take the vaccine. They're trying to make them take it. They don't want to take it. So they, she had him on to talk about that. And they did for the first half of the segment. But the second half of the segment, you know, he just said, let me just tell you why, whether it's the virus, the vaccine, all this. And then he went into just a 
two minute, you know, you don't have much time on those shows, but a two minute gospel presentation of why he believes what he believes. And he doesn't fear anything because he's a follower of Jesus Christ. And I was just like sitting there watching. I thought, man, not only is he doing this in, in a public setting, but he's doing it out of a, a group of people that you wouldn't expect that from, you know, it's these oh, yeah. pro athletes. So, Jace, to me, I, I thought about this context because I thought, here's a man who's not afraid to acknowledge Jesus before men, it's, mm-hmm. and not, and he won't be popular because of it. I mean, the, most of the people will, will that that follow the he's NBA. He's got since we since we have the fear of God, we try to persuade men. That's right. <laughs> I, that's right. But I was inspired. You know, yeah. I, I was watching and thinking, this young guy, he's not, he's in his 20s, but he's just like, I'm on, I'm full board in no matter what anybody else thinks about it. So I yeah. thought that was pretty good. Well, also, you know, when we get to this statement he made in, in Matthew 11, this is not talked about very, very often. When he got to verse 20, when he said, Jesus began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles had been performed because they didn't repent, which is a, is a concept that I think we should acknowledge from time to time. And the whole point. And it's a tone change, Jace, because up until this point, he's mostly just, I mean, he's said some harsh things, especially the leaders, the, you know, Pharisees, but this is a tone change for Jesus about the kingdom. I I feel like, I mean, he, when he goes in here, Mm -hmm. this is what I call hard preaching. Yeah. But it, and I was just going to make the point that a lot of people say, well, if, you know, if I just could see a miracle or if God would whisper to me, then I would change. And not necessarily. I mean, they got the miracles and they just dismissed them because at the heart of the matter is they didn't want to change their life. Right. And when God is real and Jesus is who he claimed to be, well, changes start happening in your life. It, it, it goes hand in hand. It, right. If you actually think that God has all these qualities of being everywhere and all-powerful and all-knowing and full of grace and truth and there's nowhere you can hide and all this kind of stuff, well, you would actually start cha- making changes in your life because you're like, oh, he's, he's fully aware. And so this is where I get that illustration about Jesus knowing what would happen if something that didn't happen happened. <laughs> Because he, the way he phrases this, he says, Woe to you, Chorazin. So this is this city. Woe to you, Bethsaida. If, if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sack, sackcloth and ashes. Well, it just seems like a boring verse until you think about it in that light. Well, how did he know what would happen? on something that didn't happen <laughs> if it would have happened. It didn't happen, but if it did, he's like, well, that you would have repented. <laughs> so, I mean, it just seems like a small thing, but if you really think about it, when you think about what God knows and big picture-wise, and he's going from city to city, oh, he knows what you're up to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has that capacity. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's interesting to us. We've talked about this a lot, Jay's Me and you hit on this all the time. I think the the reason why the, the these people they if you're just coming for the miracle, then you're probably not going to come. You're not going to come if yeah. you're coming for the, the miracles. Point to Jesus, and I think what these people were doing here, and even when he, uh, later when he talks about to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus is performing these miracles in front of these people, and they're so prideful and arrogant that even in the midst of the miraculous, what do they say? 
oh, well, that he must have got those powers from the devil. And, that, and then that's when he says, you know, to, to blaspheme the Spirit, you can't be forgiven. It's not that it's like this sin that's like, oh, if I do that, then I'm out. It, at one time, what it is, it's, it's a spirit of pride and arrogance and a total rejection of truth in the face of the most obvious revelation that's pointing to, to Jesus. I think these people were prideful because when he gets to verse 25, he kind of mocks them when he says, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Hmm. That's an that's a incredible verse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's basically chastising these, these uh, intellectuals, and he's basically saying, it's for, it, to borrow from your, the, the book, it's for the C-plus people. It's for the infants. It's for the babies. It's for the, it's for the masses. You know? Well, I keep going back to that the Sermon on the Mount where he started when he's talking about blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Well, this flies in the face of these great feelings and, and people coming to the Lord to receive the salve or the temporary relief or the joy of like having a great worship service or you know you're waving your hands or maybe experiencing the presence of of God in that moment, and then four hours later, you know, you're commode hugging drunk on on a golf course or whatever. You know, you're you're because ha- we see that, yeah. and people say, "Well, how does that happen?" Well, there's a difference in you know when you start talking about repentance. There's a difference in coming to God to be wowed or to get some salve, and living an everyday life where you're acknowledging Jesus, where all these negative things, you know, who likes to be persecuted or have, or insults or, I mean, he, he started off saying that he, he was painting a picture of this is going to be rough. Plus the apostle Paul alludes to this when he <clears throat> wrote his letter to the Corinthians for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are, are being saved, it's the power of God. It's written. I'll, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise. Going to your text you quoted there, Zach, a while ago, the, the wise and the learned, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher? And when Matthew's recording all this, they were right in Jesus' face. <clears throat> Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs, and if you look at it, what did they get? Did they ever get enough of them? Never. They were saying, okay, it's by the devil he's doing. They were blaming him one miracle after the other. They demand miraculous sign, and these Greeks, they look for wisdom, which is exactly the way it is now here today. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles, but to, to those whom God has called, Jew or Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. He went on to yeah. say, think of what y'all were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. The very wise people, even leading up to 2,021 years since Jesus showed up, the message of the wise, it's all a big joke, uh, Zach. 
They laughed. Yeah. They say it's for the yeah. ignorant, the unstable. We don't need that. We're too smart for that. It still goes on to this day. Nothing has changed. Well, I think that's why when you back up and look at the whole chapter 11, you kind of had three instances where people had missed the real Jesus. And one of them happened to be John the Baptist, but and it really wasn't his fault. Right. You know, he was like, oh, should there be somebody else? You know, is there somebody else coming? Did I miss this? Well, then you had this. He gets into the, the culture and the generation. They're saying, we sang a song and you didn't dance. And then he refers to himself as you're just not the picture of who you thought I should be, my humanity and how I operate. Well, then he gets to these cities. Well, they had a different view in, in the miracles. They were chasing the miracles, but no repentance. And so it's like it's almost the whole chapter is about how do you be that close to Jesus and miss it? Yeah. And so then yeah. when he gets to the end, I think Zach brought this up, talking about all of a sudden he he gets into being having the Father in verse 25, and it says, uh, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed, revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All of a sudden he gets into this family idea, which when you think about why Jesus came and why God created us and this idea of being part of a forever family that God wanted to dwell with people going back to the Adam and Eve in the garden and what it took to get us here through Jesus. I think that's was his, was his point is like you, you have me down in a ritualistic view of what you think religion should be. And now all of a sudden he starts talking about fathers and children and, family and in being real and then he goes he closes it with a famous verse that doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the chapter but he says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light which i've always viewed it as he's like you're trying way too hard on your own to find yeah. meaning, purpose, yeah. and accomplishment. And if you would just surrender to me, yeah. I'll supply the, the power. Which we'll, we'll, we're at it. Well, I think that's the, uh, I think that, that it does, I think it does fit though, if you, because, because what he, in verse 25, what he's saying is, I'm going to, like, I'm revealing myself to the most vulnerable people among you. Yeah. It's the infants. I mean, that's, that, that's when he says infant, he's talking about vulnerability, completely helpless. And then he says in verse 27, well, 26 says, this is this was the way that God planned it. It was, uh, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight, talking about the Father. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, going back to Daniel 7, when the Ancient of Days handed him the kingdom and handed him all things in dominion. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and I love this part, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. So the question is, well, who does the Son will to reveal the Father to? Well, he already told us in verse 25, the infants. It's, it, it's the lowly people. That's why when you hit 28, he's basically saying, this is for the weary. This is for the heavy. Late. If you got it together and you got it figured out, yeah, this ain't for you. Don't, <laughs> don't come. Yeah. You, don't need, you don't need me. You've got it figured out. But exactly. if, you're, if you're heavy, and there's people listening to this podcast right now, they're like, man, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm weary and I'm heavy laden. The good news for you is, is that, that you're the one that Jesus is revealing himself to. Yeah. It's, it's those who are humble in spirit say, I need help.
Good per- point. Perfect ending. All right, we'll pick it up next time in Chapter 12. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.